live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not go 0 for 3. In political debates last night, the Democratic Party having a comically disastrous evening that not only doomed them in the midterms, but may well have just run them into the ground in 2024. That's true. That is true. I will explain with Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, who stops by to break down the Fetterman breakdowns in Pennsylvania. We will also get into Gretchen Whitner's insistence that she didn't close schools in Michigan Plus, NYPD legend Paul Morrow scores the fight between Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul, who is, of course, filling in for Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! 888-788-9910 if you'd like to weigh in from ringside as well. We're going to cut right to the chase today, so I'll give you the rules, as they always do at the top of every boxing match. You know, touch gloves, come out, fight, and we want a good, clean fight. We don't even want a clean fight. We we don't care on this show. All we say every day to the point of exhaustion is you could be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. So happy Wednesday. Uh, We are now 13 days until the midterms. We are now Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days away. So you can see me in person in Spokane at the Spokane Comedy Club. If you didn't get tickets, SpokaneComedyClub.com. And, of course, if you're all laughed out already after last night's debate performances, I understand. That was a bad one, man. Uh, we'll start in Pennsylvania. Oh, you know, shame, 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 shame on every member of the press. If you remember last week, they annihilated NBC reporter who was like, yeah, I spoke to Fetterman. Poor guy couldn't even make small talk. Didn't really seem to know where he was. Couldn't comprehend my questions. And what did everybody do? How dare you say that about Senator Fetterman? He's the sharpest candidate we've ever seen run for office. (laughs) The guy was a disaster. And again, I am not begrudging him his health there, but for the grace of God, go you and me. I get it. It's debilitating. But that's the point, okay? He has been debilitated. And what we watched last night was a really shameful performance, okay? The campaign is now trying to blame the closed captioning. You know, it slowed him down. Sell crazy someplace else. Okay, We're all we, stocked up here. Long story short, everybody who was a part of this, everybody who was a part of this should be embarrassed this morning. I admire your honesty. And again, I don't want to give poor Fetterman a hard time, okay? I'm a mess myself. But he began last night. He began the debate, okay, by telling everybody goodnight. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. I wished it was. I was like, oh, that's brilliant satire. You know, everybody thinks this guy's a little bit out of it. He begins with a joke about his condition by failing to comprehend the difference between hello and goodbye. Unfortunately, after making that what appeared to be a gaffe, he reinforced any notion, uh, you know, that we had already had baked into the cake here, that it was going to be a long night for the Democrat. Here is Fetterman off the tippy top of the debate being asked, what qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? He has a 60-second answer. This is what he says, clip one. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. Did you hear that? Play it one more time, please, Justin. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I mean, dude. What the hell did you just say? Hi. Good night, everybody. The poor guy just doesn't know where he is. 
You know, and again, I don't take any joy in this. I'm not like, oh, let's pile on this poor guy. But what needs to be piled on is the ridiculous partisanship that made this okay. Meaning people, they were willing to run him for office. They would have been fine with him never doing a debate. Meaning the voters would be asked to make a decision without ever having a true understanding of the condition this guy happens to be in. That was the plan. You understand, early voting's been going on for a month. There's a reason it's been going on for a month before they agreed to a debate. And the reason is exactly what we saw last night. Okay, this is really shameful, man. And this is the antithesis of what this show is supposed to be. You know, I always say, oh, you got to put your country ahead of your party. And I don't care who's in charge. Yeah, I'm a Republican. But if the country wins, we all win. So we can't be so bitter and partisan. And I mean that. And last night is the reason I mean that. When you put party ahead of country, it's only a matter of time before the country suffers as a consequence. I think he's got a point. That point happens to be sitting in the Resolute desk right now in the Oval Office. Joe Biden, the guy who won the presidency in 2020. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And he won without America ever getting to kick the tires and see the Carfax. We knew. We saw the signs on the campaign trail. Hey, this guy's a mess. Okay. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. But the media was like, "Come on, Biden's as sharp as a tack." The media is a bunch of losers. And we've watched them spend a year and a half shaking hands with invisible people, talking to dead people, wandering off stage in the middle of an event, getting lost at the end of an event. Biden's in bad shape. We knew this on the front end. Everybody in the media who's now starting to acknowledge his condition is doing so because it's politically expedient to do so. Okay, they know Biden is not going to run again in 2024. They know the Democrats are about to lose everything known to man. So the same people who told you that Biden was sharp in the run up to the election are now finally going to distance themselves from the guy. Just the same as they did with the Hunter Biden story. Okay, before the election, ah, it's Russian disinformation. We can't have that. The minute the election was over, what did the Washington Post and the New York Times do? Oh, yeah, by the way, Hunter Biden's laptop's real. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. And every one of those editors has been shouting down anybody who dared question the condition of John Fetterman. And again, if you followed this debate, Fetterman is in a compromised position physically. There is no question. But that does not disqualify him. This is not me being ableist, as the Democrats would have you believe. That's the new attack line. We went from Fetterman's completely fine. How dare you insinuate such a thing? That's a dirty tactic. To All right, well, Fetterman's clearly not fine. But how dare you be upset about that? That's a dirty tactic. With no acknowledgement of the fact that they lied to you. Okay, that guy did not belong on a Senate debate stage last night. It doesn't mean he's a bad man. It doesn't mean I wish him any ill will. Okay, but it's his policies that are disqualifying. Yeah, he has a hard time talking. He has a hard time comprehending. It is clear he suffered a stroke. You and I would be in a similar position if we suffered a stroke. The difference is we'd like to believe our relatives and the people in our lives who are supposed to care about us would do us better than to trot us out there onto the world stage to participate in a Senate debate we clearly weren't qualified to be in. I'm just going to give you some random Fetterman answers. You tell me if this is the sharp man that's going to represent you in the Senate. It's clip two. Again, I think it's, no, it's, it's just the same the way the university for degrees as well, too. Supporting that and partnering with the, the unions and making sure that vocation training are as, as expensive 
is, uh, is affordable and uh, providing the resources to make sure everyone has the opportunity. Going to college isn't the right choice for, for every person, you know, but going to those kind of vocational schools, being able to create a career to, to, weigh, to excuse me, to wane, uh, reach a lot of uh, high salary, and again, supporting to reduce those costs are critical too. What we've got here is failure to communicate. This poor guy. And again, I'm not going to play a hundred clips. I'll play three or four choice ones because I don't want to devote my day. I'm not. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not mad at him. Okay. I applaud the ambition of wanting to be a senator. I've told you this earlier. My gripe with Fetterman is not that he can't complete a sentence. It's that he doesn't want criminals completing their sentences. This is a guy that has been on board with defunding the police. This is a guy that's been on board with letting murderers out of jail. That's the gripe, okay? Whether he is of able mouth and mind or not, my gripe lies with the policies. I'm highlighting his condition so you can draw the distinction and understand I'm upset with the people who tried to hide this, the people who would have been fine with him being elected as the next senator from Pennsylvania and pulling one over on the voters, which is very much what they were trying to do. They did this with Biden by giving us very limited media access to him during the campaign. Look what we've got now. They're doing the same thing with Fetterman. Okay, here's another statement where he starts talking about Dr. Ives and free money and just listen to it. It's clip four. Dr. Oz, you know, loves free, free money when it's a, a half a million dollar tax break on one of his, you know, homes down in a ranch in Florida. And whether it was a $50 tax break, you know, about his farm in Montgomery County. So it's about supporting and helping, you know, young earners, excuse me, young, young, uh, young you know, students to, to give them a break. I believe that that supporting. Uh, have you ever had a checkup? The poor guy. Okay, and the truth is, according to him, he has had a checkup. He was asked last night about the claims that he's unfit to serve. He then did what? He said, well, I'm not reducing my medical records, but I was declared fit to serve by that doctor who's in the audience. By the way, that doctor, are you ready for it, who happened to be the doctor who cleared him and said he was fit to serve, also happens to be a campaign donor. Oh, so a guy who has donated to the Fetterman campaign cleared him as being fit to serve. That's the move here. Here it is. This is clip five. No, we, uh, to me, for transparency is about showing up. I'm here today to have a debate. I have, you know, spe- speeches in front of 3,000 people in Montgomery County, you know, all across Pennsylvania, big, big crowds. You know, I believe if my doctor believes that I'm fit to serve, and and that's what I believe is appropriate. And now with two weeks before the election, you know, I have run a campaign and I've been very transparent about being very open about the fact we're in use captioning. And I believe that, again, my doctors, the real doctors that I believe in, they all believe that I'm ready to be served. I mean, it's just, you know, he shouldn't be out there. He just shouldn't be. Here is a moment. I'm going to play it for you where he's asked whether or not he would support Biden running again. And you can count to seven Mississippi before he answers this question because he's processing it. And again, I feel for him. But how do you serve in the United States Senate? How do you engage in rigorous debate? How do you pass legislation? How do you fight for your cause when he has a full seven second Mississippi count before he can fathom what he's being asked? It's clip eight. 
Do you support a Biden run in 2024? That's obviously it's up to his choice whether he, you know, and if he does choose to run, I would absolutely support him. But ultimately, that's ultimately only his choice. You have publicly supported many of his policy positions. Are there any that you disagree seconds. with? 30 seconds. No, I, I just believe he needs to do more about supporting uh, and fighting about in, in inflation. Uh, and I, I do believe he can do more about that. But uh, at, at the end of the day, I think Joe Biden is a good, good family man. And I believe he stands for the union way of life. Oh, my goodness. Joe Biden's a good family man. He stands for the <laughs> he stands for the union way of life. Not even close. Biden's terrible. But stick with me. OK, the people who nominated this guy are worse. When she asks him, you know, are there any you disagree with in Biden's policies? She's like, you've got 30 seconds. It takes him 30 seconds to form an answer, the poor guy. Okay, here he is yelling, yelling over Dr. Oz's closing statement because something came to him about Social Security. uh, Maybe something that was brought up earlier in the debate that he just randomly blurts out mid statement. It's again, Dr. Oz's closing statement. Clip three. And I've heard your problems. I'm a surgeon, doctor. I listen to what you say, and I'm trying to help address them today. I've talked to seniors worried their Social Security checks wouldn't go far enough with the raging inflation. I've talked to couples want to make their first down payment on a new house, and they can't afford it anymore because of interest rates. I've talked to families. You want to cut Social Security. Mr. Fetterman, it's his turn for his closing. (laughs) I mean, dude, Mr. Fetterman, it's his turn for his closing. The guy's in a bad spot. And I'm not telling you this with any glee, like, ha-ha, the Democrats screwed up. No, no, this shouldn't have been a thing. But you understand half of Pennsylvania was on board with voting for this. Now, if you look at the betting markets this morning, it's over. Dr. Oz is going to win the race. They lost the seat last night based on the fact that they were willing to trot him out there and subject him to this, which was cruel, you know, which is inhumane. And it shouldn't have been a thing, okay? I'll give you some media reaction. Because, oddly enough, even people over at CNN were trying to position themselves as being a little less partisan after watching that performance. People aren't buying at CNN, you dumb bastards. But then they had people on The View who went the other way and tried to sell that to you as some type of a success. The View is awful. Okay, and we could, all of those things could be true. But there is nobody, and I do mean this, there is nobody more awful than whoever these monsters were that tried to run this guy for office without giving the voters access to him. But at least now from watching last night, we understand why they did it. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231. 
231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon on a busy day. We're going to be wrapping with Daniel Turner in this hour. He is, of course, an energy expert and wants to weigh in on the back and forth over fracking. Uh, John Fetterman got caught flip-flopping last night. Here it is, clip seven. I absolutely support fracking. You have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't, I support fracking. And I stand and I do support fracking. I mean, come on, man. Who's putting this poor guy in that situation? Whoever it is. You suck! Poor Fetterman. Uh, Jared watched it. He's in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yo, Jared. Yo, Jimmy, what's up, dude? My man, uh, good to hear from you. You're a Pennsylvanian. You're going to be voting in this thing. Yep. Uh, di- are you all in for Fetterman after that strong performance? Uh, I don't know, man. I-, I guess if I don't vote for him, that makes me an ableist then, right? <laughs> I know. This is such a crazy line of attack. So they went from he's fine, how dare you, to he's yeah. obviously not fine, how dare you? Like, how does that work? No, man, it's just a way to come out and basically – play the victim card and get votes. You know what I mean? Even look at yep. this morning, blaming Next Star. Mm-hmm. When I watched that whole debate, that uh, closed captioning screen was perfect. It was huge. You could see it in big letters. I could basically read it from my TV screen. You know what I mean, dude? Well, dude, you know what's funny is when I play these clips from the debate, they're not nearly as bad as the actual debate was. Like when you're watching it in real time, you see the delays, oh, really you see I the fumbles. Yeah, I, I genuinely felt bad for him. So it's like I'm not it playing is. the clips to be like, oh, oh screw this guy. No, I'm playing the dude. clips to say screw everybody else who's involved because there's just no way he could serve. Right, and I was making the point to your guy I was talking to, who, by the way, real cool, you have a great crew, by the way, dude. No, oh, they're, and- they're so-so. Don't, you don't talk them up. <laughs> They'll want to raise. Now i got to give them two bags of meth on Thursday. That's right. right. Well, you know, I'll help pitch in. I'll send you the 20 what bucks, a, you know. No, but, dude, um, basically his wife, she likes to call people ableist, but isn't it pretty ableist? Like, you know your husband's in such a bad position, and you – just want him to be in that position so your family has power. Kind of how you see with Dr. Jill and Biden. You know yeah. what I mean? Biden's clearly not there. And he, he even pointed out, like, how his wife's pushing him. So you know Fetterman's wife's doing the same thing. And then with Fetterman, dude, like, I just read something, I think, from Breitbart that said, uh, you know, he even knew he had heart problems back in 2017, and he didn't go for a follow-up checkup. Jeez. So, like, yeah, he might not be able to string sentences together, but he also has to know that he isn't doing well, man. So... In a sense, yeah. to me, it's like he doesn't even care that he can serve the voter. His, him and his family just seem to want the power. You it's know weird. I mean, yeah. a lot of people have this theory that he's going to win and she's going to become the senator. I can't speak to that. But whoever made last night's plan, you know, because Fetterman, don't forget, he once chased an unarmed black man with a shotgun. He should have chased whoever made him debate last night. Whoever said that was okay should be getting chased right now by Fetterman. Uh, great call, Jared. Keep playing good ball out there in Scranton. We're back after this.
of reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, the late, great Rush Limbaugh liked to talk about random acts of journalism. And from time to time, he would highlight someone inside the Beltway who actually demonstrated some intellectual curiosity and asked relevant questions about a political subject that could be potentially problematic to the Democrats. Well, last night, to the credit of some people in broadcast media, there was an acknowledgement that we all witnessed the same thing from John Fetterman. I want to credit those people, and then, of course, we will move on uh, to the fine folks, using air quotes, over at The View. They're crazy. But listen to the CNN panel, to their credit, okay, raising a little bit of concern about Fetterman. It's clip 10. I, I, I just am I'm just still astounded. I'm still stunned by what I witnessed tonight. And that, uh, you know, and this is, and they should have had more debates, by the way. question that I found myself asking is, is the way that he's struggling a result of the stroke, or is it because he doesn't have a grasp on the issues? He was asked a very direct question about his position on fracking. He could not explain why he fundamentally 180 changed his position on it. You know, for anyone who is coming into this totally undecided, if you drop a voter into Harris who had no engagement with this beforehand, it's hard to see them coming away terribly, terribly convinced by, mm. by Fetterman there. Which is the understatement of the century. The betting market last night... Okay, the betting market is decided in pennies, just so you under, understand the way betting gambling markets work in political races. Okay, there was a 74-cent swing towards Dr. Oz at the end of the debate, meaning people watched that last night, and the market swung 74 cents out of 100 into Dr. Oz's favor. Okay, so this is a race that at one point Fetterman was projected to win. Okay, projected at a time when early voting had already begun, when polls showed him with a lead, when nobody had any grasp of his condition whatsoever, because the only person who had interviewed him, Dasha Burns, disclosed that he couldn't comprehend her questions, was having real consequential struggles making small talk, and everybody in the media was like, how dare you? Shaming this guy, bullying this victim. And that's not the point she was trying to make. The point she was trying to make is the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. The media's job is to hold people who aspire to be in power accountable. It's to get us the car facts on each individual candidate. It's to vet them. And this media, okay, even the ones you just heard say, well, I've got my doubts about Fetterman after tonight. They were the same people a week ago. They were like, you can't question this guy. What's wrong with you? What kind of monster would do such a thing? And why did they do that? Because it was more important for them to win a Democratic seat than it was to tell you the truth. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. There really is. It's activism masquerading as journalism. Here is Sonny Houston, as stupid, as dumb of a person who has ever sat in front of a TV camera. And again, inspirational. You should not be discouraged when I play Sonny Houston clips because few have done more with less. This woman is a race-baiting idiot. Okay, and it's all identity politics and grievance politics and you're a monster and Jim Crow and everything else. But here she is trying to make the case that Fetterman was brave for going out there and it's the rest of us that are the problem. Clip 11. It was really strange to me that he chose to bully a stroke victim. Yeah, right. Like he obviously was bullying him. And, um, you know, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania or the people in general um, 
liked that because Fetterman raised $1 million after that debate. And I think it takes real courage to show that you've been knocked down. I think it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness, right? And um, we know that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. It's about expression right. that, that has been aphasia. compromised. Aphasia, exactly. And, you know, this is a smart guy. He got a degree in public policy from Harvard, his master's degree. So this is not a stupid guy. I'm surrounded by idiots. So she says, we know, okay, that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. That is a fact check false. Okay, again, I'm not doing this all day. I feel bad for this man. But here is Fetterman's cognitive abilities, trying to make his way through, you know, hello. Let's start with clip one. <laughs> what qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. That was his answer to what qualifies you to be a U.S. senator. Hi. Good night, everybody. Okay, that's the answer. That, those are his qualifications. His qualifications are hi and good night. Maybe he meant hi as in some voters are really, really high, so they'll probably vote for me anyway after this. But I do not believe that was the sense he was going for. And again, I'll replay the clip on him getting caught flip-flopping on fracking. He doesn't answer her question because he can't. It's clip seven. I absolutely support fracking. You have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. And I don't, I don't, I support fracking and I stand and I do support fracking. No, no, his cognitive abilities haven't been compromised. The question was, <laughs> you've made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In 2018, you said, I don't support fracking and I never have. Earlier this month, you told an interview, I support fracking. His response to that is, I support fracking, I support fracking, I just support fracking. That's all he can say. And again, I'm not spiking the football. I knew this guy was a mess a month ago. I knew this guy was a mess two months ago. What I'm bothered by is that we got to a place in our politics where half the country thought this was okay. We just want our guy to win. We just want our guy to win. We're going to win the Senate seat. We're going to abuse this poor man, throw him out there in public. I don't even know what planet he's on. Okay, and we're just going to call anyone names who has an issue with his cognitive situation. But understand, okay, this is bad for you as a Democrat. This is bad for me as a Republican. This is bad for me as a dad, as a, you know, as a husband, as a brother, as a coworker, as an American. If this becomes the status quo in our country, nominate anybody. If it's got my letter next to the name, if it's a D or it's an R, we're voting for it. Doesn't matter. Fetterman could get out there and tell everybody he's Batman, he's got my vote. The problem is the country suffers as a consequence. Like, yo, we're suffering. This is the larger point here. We're suffering because of the hyperpartisan way in which we conduct ourselves. We are. That is a byproduct of what we have done in that Joe Biden got elected, had no business, no business, should not be near the Oval Office if he paid to take a tour. Shouldn't be there. He should not be there. OK, and it's embarrassing on the world stage when people see him fall on the way up the stairs to Air Force One. 
when they see him end a speech, he takes longer to exit a speech than he does to give one. Next time you watch him give a speech, understand he's going to speak for three minutes and then he's going to spend seven and a half wandering around the stage. And why, for the love of everything that is holy, do we not have someone walking out there and directing him? Why are they shaming this man? Why are they humiliating this man? Do you think our world leaders watch Joe Biden and go, ho, ho, better watch out for this guy. This guy's a force to be reckoned with. No, that's not going on. But they want to lie to you with a straight face and tell you not to believe your own eyes. Just the same as Biden told you, you know, Afghanistan is a success. Do you remember that? We left a terror group in charge of their government sitting on $85 billion of our weapons, 10,000 Americans stranded behind enemy lines, people flinging babies over barbed wire fences, clinging to the wheels of cargo jets as they leave Afghanistan. Biden's on TV in a split screen going, no, it's going good over there. No, it's going really good. Okay, their willingness to lie to you. It's horrifying to me. These people are sociopaths. These people were telling you up until the minute that debate started last night that Fetterman was fine. You're an idiot and a right-wing propaganda machine if you thought otherwise. Okay, and that's how we wound up with Biden just the same. Everybody who watched Trump walk down a ramp at West Point in the rain a little slowly and was like, oh, he had a stroke. That's it. He can't be the 25th Amendment. Okay, every one of those people said you had no right to question Joe Biden's cognitive abilities, despite the fact that he was hallucinating and fighting breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. No, you can't do that. He's a, no, this is a sharp guy. What do you mean? That's ageist, just like they're telling you, you know, with Fetterman, it's ableist. No, it's not, okay? We don't wish the man any ill will. We don't have anything against him. We just want a guy who's in a physical position to do the job, okay? If I own a racehorse, I am not hiring a 700-pound jockey. You want to know why? Because it's harder for the racehorse to get around the track. That's the point. Okay, in this instance, he is the Senate equivalent of a 700-pound jockey. He is in a physical position that renders him unable to do the gig. But they trotted him out anyway because they wanted to win the Senate seat. But I want you to understand the point I'm trying to make here is not screw Fetterman. It's screw everyone else. It's screw everyone who thinks it's okay to be doing this. Okay, it's not okay, man. You can't, we cannot, cannot, okay, get out of bed with the only priority being victory over my political foe. Because here's a newsflash, and it's so childish and stupid, but everyone seems to have forgotten this. We're all on the same damn team. You're on my team. If you're a Democrat, you hate the Republicans, you hate me, you hate Trump, you hate Fox, fine. I'm still on your team now. There's nothing we can do about that. Push comes to shove. Someone attacks us tomorrow. We're on the same team, okay? And everyone seems to have forgotten that. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch clips of last night's debate. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I may or may not have been drunk texting jokes to this next guest late last night. Joining us now to neither confirm nor deny those allegations, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, Daniel Turner is here deleting texts. Hey, man. Jimmy, you know, you and I may have been a little bit drunk 
but we were still more coherent than one of the people on the debate stage last night. Oh, boom! Well, listen, let's just start there and stick with it, um, because there's really no nice to say this, uh, no nice way to say this. Like, shame on everybody that did that to the poor guy, you know? And, and shame yeah. on everybody, when you think of Dasha Burns, who, did the re- who interviewed him two weeks ago, and was like, yeah, I got to be honest, he was a little bit of a mess. And everybody was like, how dare you? We know that's yeah. not true. Did anybody, anything to say from those people today? Exactly. You know, and are we a little tired of just the perpetual media cover up, right? The, the cover up on all the COVID nonsense, the cover up on all the climate nonsense, the cover up of Hunter Biden laptop nonsense. And this is just one more example of how when they have an agenda or they have a preferred candidate, um, they will do whatever it takes to protect that person and not let the truth come out. Um, it, it also begs into uh, raises a lot of questions about early voting. And I've seen a lot of people about that on social media talking about it. You've been able to vote in Pennsylvania, I think, since 1835, right? They have very early voting in Pennsylvania. You can vote whenever you want, wherever you want. You could be at church and with the communion, you know, when the the plate comes around for donations, you can put in your ballot. You can Mm -hmm. vote wherever you want in Pennsylvania. And people are saying, well, maybe we shouldn't allow that because clearly the, the Fetterman camp kept this secret. Everyone kept it secret. And now that the truth is out, there's people who are like, holy crap, who did I vote for? Yep, because they've been it's, – it's, and it's true. We're talking to Daniel Turner, if you're just joining us. They have been able to vote for this for over a month, and that's the reason they've also, which I find fascinating, I believe Pennsylvania just eliminated their – the, the ballots don't have to be postmarked anymore. They just have to come in. So, like, in what world is that okay? We've gone from, like, election day to election year. But the point I think we're making here is that it's the front-end voting that's so damaging, but it's why they waited as long as they did to have this debate. It's no different than Kathy Hochul in New York. If you watched her debate Zeldin last night, you go, oh, I get it now. This is why they had one debate on a hard-to-find channel, because they'd rather have people send in their votes for their party than look at the individual person. Absolutely. And, and uh, Kathy Hochul had one of the most remarkable lines in debate history last night when, when uh, Zeldin was pressing her on crime. Yeah. And she said something to the effect of, I don't know why this is such a big deal for you. <laughs> um, and you want to say only someone who is so totally removed from her constituents could think that, right? Yeah. Only someone who genuinely is not afraid to take the subway because she doesn't take the subway, mm-hmm. is not afraid to walk down 10th Avenue because she doesn't walk down 10th Avenue. Only that person could say, why, why is this crime stuff such a big deal for you as a candidate? That's um, so insane. Uh, uh, the aloofness is, is kind of remarkable. It is. It's crazy. You know, time was you could throw somebody in front of the subway. Nobody made a big deal out of it. You know, <laughs> who's the Zeldin fellow over here? You know, back in my day, it's crazy. Yeah, but that's it the, really is. They deserve everything that happens to them. But the point I was trying to make off the top of the show is, you know, we've all had a take on Fetterman's condition because we've been watching videos of him in the media for two months. But people who follow Fetterman don't want to throw him out of there because of his physical condition half as much as they want to throw him out because of his policy. So specifically as an energy guy, okay, can you speak to the hypocrisy on fracking? Because he couldn't speak to the hypocrisy on fracking when he was asked. No, and and he probably does not know what fracking is, right? Fracking is a boogie word at this point, and and it's supposed to scare people. And I don't think most politicians can actually explain what fracking is. Mm -hmm. Fracking is like drinking through a straw, right? It's a process. It's not an art form. It's not. It's not a chemical. It's not fracking. Is just a process. 
how you extract oil and gas. And it's not always used, but in Pennsylvania, it is used quite a bit, and it's used for natural gas. Pennsylvania is the second largest natural gas producer in the nation behind Texas. Um, and, and the American Petroleum Institute, which is the nation's foremost oil and gas uh, 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 D.C. advocacy uh, uh, lobby shop, Right. They estimate around 500,000 people work in that industry in Pennsylvania. That's a lot of people. Right. They, they, that's a, that's six percent of, of their of their workforce um, um, works in in that space. And, and that means that most Pennsylvanians listening to this right now, if they don't directly, they know someone directly or indirectly. And if you were talking to my mom, she'd say, you know, Gina, you know, Gina's son, Bill. And I'd be like, I don't know who Gina is. My Yes, you do. Gina's son, Bill. Gina's son, Bill works in fracking. Right. Every Pennsylvanian probably knows someone. And for Fetterman to say that he does support it, he doesn't support it, he's not sure. That's scary for hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and and literally 500,000 jobs. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people agree with you on that because the betting market after the debate swung by 74 cents in Oz's direction which is yeah. unfathomable. Like, whatever you think the the precedent was for the worst debate performance ever for a candidate, nothing in the history of betting markets, I'm just talking about betting markets, not even polls, nothing has ever swung a betting market by 74 cents overnight. I mean, that is disastrous. So, like, for all intents and purposes, Oz did win that seat last night. I'd be shocked if it went any other way. The only hope they have in the Fetterman camp is that not a lot of Pennsylvanians were watching. Like, we know the national media was watching because that's what we do and we're all talking about it. In a, but the problem we have is the World Series was not last night. Like, the Phillies weren't there yeah. to distract them. I don't know what Gritty and the Flyers were up to last night. Uh, but if they didn't have a game or, the, you know, there wasn't anything going on in Pittsburgh, he's got a big problem. He really does, and and I guarantee you he's going to try to make it to every Phillies home game, and he's suddenly going to be a Phillies fan, whether he is or not, does it matter? Um, he's got to do whatever he can. Again, he, he had the president in. I think the president is coming back to Pennsylvania. Obama's Obama coming with him. him. Obama with a straight face is going to stand on stage and go, yeah, yeah, this is a good move. Could you imagine? And, and last time they didn't even let him speak at his own rally. That's like not being able to talk at your own birthday party. right? So they didn't <laughs> I even said let the other day, address. imagine you bought tickets to see Aerosmith. Smith, and they're like, no, no, they're not singing. You're just, you're just going to see Aerosmith. <laughs> you're going to miss a exactly. thing. You are going to miss a so thing. Well, we if they're not... bringing out Obama, they are yeah. bringing out the big guns. They are petrified, um, as they should be, because, yes. and as should be, no one should be more petrified than the 500,000 oil and gas workers in Pennsylvania. Well said, Daniel Turner. Go delete all of our text messages. I'll talk to you soon, brother. <laughs> be well, buddy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Byron Donalds is going to be here. He is, of course, a superstar congressman from the 19th Congressional District down in Florida. He had some choice words for the... Pennsylvania Senate debate last night. He also weighed in on Kathy Hochul versus Lee Zeldin. And of course, Corrine Jean-Pierre's claims that voter suppression is still going on, even though the turnout is up right now. Are you stupid or something? We're going to get into it at 888-788-9910. I always say, what do I, I, you know, when I'm, I'm talking about the show and I'm talking it up, I'll be like, oh, you know, it's top shelf radio. 
in a bottom-feeding political world. You know, I always say that on the show. I always say, you know, ah, we're having a good time, but the world's going to hell. Uh, that race to the bottom, I always talk about how it's picking up speed and everybody's outdoing each other. What went on yesterday in regards to the vaccine really quick, let me just take a quick time out from the campaign trail and talk about this. Okay, the sequence of events was so stunning to my little community college brain that I like I sat in the corner of the studio after the show for 15 minutes and just tried to wrap my brain around how stupid it all was. Okay, yesterday during our show, we got a ruling halfway through the second hour that the New York State Supreme Court had ordered all state workers who had been fired for being unvaccinated reinstated to their jobs with back pay because according to the New York State Supreme Court and all scientific data available to them, vaccinated people do not have a better chance of not getting or spreading COVID, meaning the vaccine doesn't do anything. Maybe it helps you if you get COVID, you have better health outcomes. That's the stat they try to point to. That makes the vaccine a therapeutic. But is it an actual vaccine in that it keeps you from getting the virus? Which means whether or not you take the COVID virus is a personal choice. Always was, always will be a personal choice. Vaccinated people are getting and spreading COVID like crazy. Now, that wasn't the conceit when it was sold to us. It was sold to us as you got to get vaccinated because you can't get COVID if you're vaccinated. We need to start shaming the unvaccinated. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them. F*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No. Screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. I mean, really think about that, folks. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Shame on you. Screw you. Screw your freedom. We can't be held hostage by the unvaccinated. Yo, they fired people. They fired cops. They fired fi- They fired firemen from their jobs. Okay, your house is on fire. You're not calling 911 asking for a vaccinated fireman. You're just asking for a fireman. Somebody with a truck with water. Okay, you're getting mugged. You're not asking for a vaccinated cop. You're just asking for a cop with a badge and a gun that can help you fight the bad guys. That's what you want. But you understand this culture war got so prevalent that people started competing against their own interests. Again, well, the Democrats want to fire the cops. The Republicans don't. So, oh, no. Well, yeah, no. If that's what the Democrats want, the Republicans don't. Yeah, I say we fire the cops. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Think about that. Our murder rate is at a 35-year high. We were firing cops because of the lie that unvaccinated people were the only ones getting COVID. Lo and behold, we come to find out Pfizer never even tested the never even tested the vaccine. Never even tested the vaccine to see if it stopped transmission. This is ridiculous. Think about that. Pfizer's Director of International Marketing flat out testified to the EU Parliament. Oh, no, we never even tested it to see if it stops transmission. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a vaccine. That's the whole point. Imagine you bought a condom and like, well, we never tested it to see if it stops you from getting pregnant or catching a disease. We just, you know, thought you might want to wear something. You know, it's the same thing. Okay, that was the whole point of the deal is the vaccine was supposed to stop you from getting COVID. So yesterday when the New York State Supreme Court 
Okay, this is the sequence of events. I'm doing my show live. The New York State Supreme Court issues a press release. We have ordered all fired workers reinstated with back pay. Why? Because vaccinated people are getting and spreading COVID like crazy. No sooner than 20 minutes later, and the third hour of my show gets underway, I see Joe Biden at the podium at the White House pushing vaccines and boosters. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. They have no ability to adjust for optics, and it's mind-blowing. Like, do you remember the day they had the celebration for the Inflation Reduction Act? They had a party on the White House lawn where James Taylor sang. They spiked the football. They dumped the Gatorade on themselves at the end of a game that they had lost. Do you understand? Okay, as Joe Biden was speaking about the Inflation Reduction Act and the positive effects it was going to have on the economy, he was literally in a split screen with a stock market that had fallen by 1,200 points. This could be a problem. Okay, on a day, they were in the process of wiping $7.6 trillion off of the savings of American families. They're out there celebrating an Inflation Reduction Act that does not reduce inflation. Okay, again and again and again. They can call it the Inflation Reduction Act, but the Congressional Budget Office flat out admits it doesn't reduce inflation. So I'm going to point that out every time it comes up. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. But nobody's there to actually stop them and go, hey, maybe not now. Maybe this is a bad moment. The stock market's down 1,200 points. The inflation numbers just came in for the month. They were up. They were up a half a point higher than we thought they would be. Everybody's losing their retirement savings. The market's crashing. Maybe today's a bad day for a concert. But nobody stepped in and stopped the party. Just like yesterday on the day the actual Supreme Court of the state of New York flat out said, by the way, the vaccine doesn't work. There was Biden on stage with a straight face telling everybody to go get more vaccines. That was embarrassing. I mean, it was humiliating if you have any self-respect whatsoever. The same Joe Biden who told us two weeks ago on 60 Minutes, the pandemic is over. Okay, they walked him back. They got him in a room. They were like, listen, old man, you want your pudding cup, yes or no? Yes? Okay, well, then go back out there. Forget those comments about the pandemic being over. And just tell them it's a global health emergency. And that's what they put in the prompter yesterday. Here's Biden telling you COVID, something he declared over two weeks ago is now back to being a global health emergency. Clip 24. Some of our friends in Congress say we don't need COVID funding, or they say there's really no reason that the government should be paying for it. I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. This is a global health emergency. If we really want to put COVID behind us, we have to keep up the fight together. You shut your mouth, you bastard! Dude, you just told us it was over. Now you told us it was back. Why? Because bureaucratically, bureaucratically, it'll never end. Bingo. COVID is the Trojan horse from which they get everything else done legislatively. Don't ever forget that their first COVID bill, which was $1.9 trillion, only allocated 9% of its money to actual COVID. What a fraud. Never mind that as he's sitting there right now calling for more COVID funding, do you know the latest The latest survey we have on this from Monday tells us that schools have spent less than 5% of their COVID funding, meaning most of the COVID funding we've already passed hasn't even been spent, 
And Biden's back out there saying we need to keep the fight going. We need more COVID funding. This is politics as usual. Of course it is, because every single one of these COVID bills they're going to try to push going forward based on the fact that we're in an emergency will have 90 percent of its funding for other things. Democrats are so full of crap. That's what it is. Ah, It's a COVID emergency. We need more COVID funding. And in addition to the COVID funding on page 8,321, here's a billion dollars for gender studies in Ecuador. And here's another billion dollars for a bridge and Nancy Pelosi. You know, that's what they do. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act is being praised as the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. Yet they titled it the Inflation Reduction Act. Why? Because it couldn't pass if they called it the climate change bill. Because nobody cares about climate change except rich coastal elites. That's who cares. Climate change is white privilege. Rich white people who own private jets yell about climate change, one, because it makes them money, two, because it makes them feel a lot less guilty when they're flying around the world in a private jet if they tell you to cut down on pollution while they're expanding their carbon footprint by magnitudes of 100. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But here is Biden saying, oh, you got to get the vaccine because you're putting other people at risk. Clip 25. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. Stop lying to us. Yo, if you get it, you're protected. Dude, this guy has been vaccinated and boosted three additional times. He's had five shots. You know what else he's had? He's had COVID twice. Okay, if you get it, you're protected. This guy's got five shots and two COVIDs. Two COVIDs. Okay, this is a lie. And we laid frontline healthcare workers off. We laid cops off. We laid firemen off. We have no data on the long-term effects this has on women's reproductive cycles. No data long-term or short on how it affects kids. And there's the president of the United States on the day the state Supreme Court said, by the way, it doesn't work, saying you got to take it once a year. This is total crap. Okay, here's Biden trying to tell you with a straight face. It's not even about politics. Don't say it's about politics. Clip uh, 27. None of this is about politics. It's about your health and the health of your loved ones. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I mean, really think about that for a second, okay? None of this is about politics. Folks, with a straight face. Now he's just reading whatever they put into the teleprompter. Okay, but it can only be about politics. Why? Because if the vaccine works, if they really believe it works, then they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about what the guy next to them does. If the vaccine works, okay, then I don't have to care if you get vaccinated. Why? Because I'm protected because I've been vaccinated. Except the problem is the vaccine doesn't work. People who get COVID infect other people constantly. Okay, so when you get the vaccine, that is a personal choice that you've decided to make. But your choice has no bearing on anyone else around them, because whether you're vaccinated or you're not, you're still going to give them COVID. So understand, all of this comes the CDC scheduling the vaccine for children who go to school, Biden pushing a yearly booster. What does it both coincide with? Pfizer got out of bed yesterday and announced they were raising the price of an individual vaccine by 10,000 percent, 10,000 percent. Why? Because the government is now forcing you to take their product. 
Okay, that's not capitalism. That's collusion. And for a president of the United States to get out there and say everybody in this country needs to be taking this thing once a year on the same day a state Supreme Court said it doesn't work means we can only follow the money and imagine where it's going to take us because there's no other reason for him to be pushing this than the fact that he's probably getting a cash kickback through one of Hunter's slush funds. Let Joe tell you how it will be. He'll fire you so easily. Cause Joe's the Vax Man. Yeah, he's the Vax Man. He's vaccinating one and go. From young adults and kids real small. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with Byron Donalds in the next break. But right now, joining us from Wilmer, Minnesota, Brandon is on the line. Yo, Brandon! What do you know, Jamie? You know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make it through this day. It was a little bit of a messy debate night last night. I'm trying to clean it all up. And then this vaccine thing happened. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard that Biden's out there pushing the vaccine on the day the court says it doesn't work. But I don't they're not really big on optics. They don't care. They also let him wander around on stage and not know what state he's in. So I just don't think they care about the optics. Or are you sure they know what state he's in? <laughs> oh no! Are we are we are we talking about the United States or mental state? Which one are we talking? <laughs> Either way, it's not good. <laughs> Either way, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad all the way around, Jimmy. Yep. I, I was wondering, um, when do you think the government's going to start passing out itemized receipts? Imagine for all the all of my money that he's spending. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's not really any accountability. Like, even when we talk about the money that's flying out the window to Ukraine, okay, they're like, ah, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's going to the war effort. We don't know that. The U- I mean, again, it's, that doesn't mean we're on Putin's side. It just means the U.N. has designated Ukraine as one of the most corrupt countries in the world. They're like top two every year. So this idea that we just give them $40 billion and take their word for it seems a little silly, no? It, it seems questionable to me. Don't get me on my conspiracy theories on that. Now. <laughs> I don't want to get worked up. I, I was just, mm. I was just trying to lighten the mood about you know getting a receipt. Yeah, I know. All this no, I know. I wish we did, you know? man. But you ain't getting a receipt. I'm, That's... Not, I'm not getting a heads up on this. You know, usually my kids come and ask me for money. They got to tell me what it's for. You know, if I'm giving little Joe some money. He should let me know what it's for before he goes out and spends it, you know? Yeah, well, that's, that's the nice thing about Lincoln. He's like, can I buy another 12-pack of Heineken? I'm like, sure. 
<laughs> you know. Make it 30. I want some, too. <laughs> now you're talking. Uh, Brandon, you get it, man. Uh, that's why you'll never make it in Washington. You and your itemized receipts. That's not how you get elected. That's not how you keep those lobbyists happy. No wonder you never made it in oh. Congress. Good it stuff. took you to figure it out, Jimmy. You're amazing. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. We'll do it again soon. Be well. Thank you, man. You too, my man. 888-788-9910. Byron Donalds is coming up. Brandon tells you the truth. There's no accounting for this. It's one of the questions you're going to hear me ask Byron Donalds. Biden's out there asking for more COVID money, but he won't tell you what they did with the last COVID money. Here's a newsflash. They didn't actually spend most of it. But they can keep asking for COVID money because it allows them to get money for other things. No one ever shows up and goes, hey, can I have some COVID money? And you go, yeah, here's some COVID money. No, they show up with a 90,000-page bill that has one paragraph about COVID money and 90,000 other pages about other types of money, at which point you pay up for what you think is COVID money and buy everything else. It's all 10 CDs for a penny. If you remember growing up, when you could order 10 CDs for a penny. You're like, wow, I'd love 10 CDs for a penny. That seems like a good deal. And then you get the bill for the 11th CD. Ah! <laughs> ah, no, no. Little more than a penny. All of a sudden you went from, I thought I was getting 10 CDs to a penny to, I owe someone $438. This is a mess. And that's what's going on in Congress every day. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America, your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, trying to hold this country together. It's getting a little sketchy, so I'm calling in some heavy-duty backup. Superstar congressman from the 19th Congressional District of Florida, Representative Byron Donald's back on the show. Yo, BD. Jimmy, how you doing, my friend? It's under control. Uh, I had to watch that debate last night, so I'm a little, still a little beat up over that. Aren't you a little down on whoever made poor Fetterman go out there and do that? I don't want to bag on the guy's health, but there's somebody else behind the curtain here we should be a little upset with, no? No, listen, and I'm just being honest about this. I'm upset with his wife, and I'm upset with the Democrats in Pennsylvania, the party. They had an ability to swap him off the ballot. They chose not to do that because doing so would have put somebody with significantly less name ID at the top of their ticket. But listen, Fetterman is not prepared to do the job. It's unfortunate. I'm sorry he had a stroke. I do want him to recover because he's a human being first before we even get into politics. Mm -hmm. But being in, in Congress, being in the Senate is not just reading your notes that your staff gives you. Mm -hmm. You have to make judgments in every meeting of every day about what you're going to support and not. He does not have the capability to do this. And that was evident from looking at the debate. There are no teleprompters in these meetings. I mean, Joe Biden has it for his speeches. And I mean, you know, typically governors and presidents have the teleprompter for the speeches, but you don't have them in the meetings. You don't have them when you're having to do briefings. You don't have them when you're having to actually go through the legislation and make determinations. That's not how this works. It's way more conversations, way more information that comes in through like audio with people talking. That's how most of the information is passed along. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just it's it's not in the cards for him physically. And how are you going to actually represent the people of Pennsylvania? What is his wife going to be the shadow senator? And we don't know. Is the staff going to be the shadow senator? That is not good enough in American politics. We're not about that here. 
We should not be letting that happen to the state of Pennsylvania. I hope the people of Pennsylvania looked at that and said, you know what, man, I can't vote for you to be my representative. And it's the, and, his, and then you get to his ideas. Yeah, and this that's is the part the that's, that's not sad. It's, it's actually just more crazy. Mm-hmm. His political ideas are radical. I know he said last night that he supports fracking. That is a lie. John Fetterman has said countless times he wants to end fracking. But he said it last night because he knows that Western Pennsylvania will not vote for him because Western Pennsylvania is about fracking. Mm -hmm. So he lied to the people of Pennsylvania last night. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch because there's been an effort this morning in the media to make it sound like we're the bad guys for having questions. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say if he was a Republican, they'd be a little vocal about his condition, don't you think? They tried to have Trump do a, a, a psych evaluation. <laughs> they wanted Trump to do psych evaluations, but they never asked should Biden have psych evals or have his medical records re- released. Yeah. If Dr. Oz was in this state, had a stroke, and was trying to recover and also running, they would be bashing the Republican Party for being so power-hungry that t- to put a guy in there who's not physically and mentally prepared for the job. That's exactly what the media would be saying. Those guys are trash. They're it trash, is. Jimmy, no. because I've been listening to the coverage all day from them. It, it is insane that they go this far to preserve power, that you're going to put in office somebody who legitimately had a stroke, who is trying to recover, and I get that, and I respect that piece of it. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a job that only 100 people in the country have. Come on now. I mean, throw the challenge flag. I'm right there with you. Byron Donalds is on the line from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. And I agree that the policies are more disqualifying than the physical condition. But, you know, the fact that this is what was nominated it, and they, it, they attempted to hide this. Like, that's my bigger gripe here is that early voting has been going on for a month. They would have been perfectly fine with holding this election without there ever being a debate, which means the voters aren't really getting transparency. It's like when you're buying a car, you want to see the Carfax if it's used and know what the heck right. where it's been. They're really trying to not show you the Carfax, but at least now we know why. Because even up here in your old state of New York, okay, Kathy Hochul, who's step, you know, filling in for Hansy Andy Cuomo, uh, gets in trouble last night because she said to Lee Zeldin, she's like, I don't understand why this crime thing is such a big deal to you. I'm like, I don't know. You grew up in New York. I grew up in New York. I always thought crime was a big deal. Did I miss something? No, you didn't miss anything except that Kathy Hochul is out of touch. She is an elitist. She doesn't think about the things that people are going through in the city of New York. All she's concerned about is staying as governor. Then she'll come out, do some dinky press conference, give halfway answers, and the New York Times and the New York media will cover her. It will protect her her blind side and make sure she doesn't take on too much damage unless something super crazy happens, like she was – you know, you know, like groping people similar to Andrew Cuomo, and then all of a sudden she's got to go. Yeah. Look, to the people in New York, let's just be very clear. The media is not there for you. They don't want to give you the facts. They want to give you the opinions to support the, the ideas that they want. That's what's happened to my former city. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. That's what they've done to the place. They've destroyed the city. It's terrible policy. You need to reverse course in New York 
or the state's not going to get healthier. It's going to continue to get sick. We need a we need a coaching change, BD. That's what we need. The Democrats. Hundred percent. Yep. They've lost the locker room around the country. If you see the way the mo- the momentum is changing, you know, towards the midterms, they're in a really bad spot. But one of the things I was going to say to you, and I think Republicans know this, I know that you do, is the goal here is obviously not to win back the House and win back the Senate. It's to win back and affect change. So as much as we always joke that you're like the Biggie Smalls of Congress, we actually need a Suge Knight moment. If you take back the House, you know, like Suge Knight for all of his. He did get albums made in the 90s for Death Row. We need to know that we're going to be cranking out some hit albums. Can you can you assure my listeners that minus some theatrics with an SUV, you'll give us some Suge Knight moments in D.C.? Man, I don't know about that. I like cigars, but, <laughs> you know, Suge, Suge did some things that— No, you, know, you don't have to do any of those things. Do. I just got to be—we got to keep it 100, Jimmy. I, Suge listen, did some things I just, that even I'm not going to do. I, I don't want you to do the things. I just want you to produce the chronic. Like, if you can get me 91 Suge, yeah, I'll sign up for it. Jimmy, you're not going to get me to agree to say that I'm going to produce the chronic. Come on, man. We're on live radio. You know people are recorded, man. Don't put me in that position. But, no, but, in, all, but in all seriousness, I, I agree with the premise of what you're saying. Yeah. Look, Republicans, we take back majorities in both chambers. I think that's what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But then what? You have to actually make the serious attempts to accomplish your agenda. Yeah. The same way the Democrats would do it to us. You have to pass legislation. You have to put Joe Biden in a position where he vetoes things mm-hmm. because I want to have a political argument with Joe Biden. But if we have these internal Republican fights where we say, oh, we can't do that because we need the presidency, too, then you don't make Joe Biden defend his radical and terrible agenda. And by the way, this is not Barack Obama we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama was probably the most charismatic person ever to be president. Mm-hmm. OK. We're talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden can't even make figure out his own talking points, yeah. let alone ours. I would love to have a political contrast with this man because he's not prepared to stand up to the pressure of real policies coming from the Republicans and of standing on principles and not budging. No, I listen, I concede that you would be the favorite on paper there, but let's not discount the fact that he does shake hands with invisible people. This guy has a sense that you might not possess. <laughs> Listen, man, I listen. if he's seeing ghosts, then that's okay. But you know what happens when you see ghosts, man? Yeah. That's when quarterbacks throw interceptions. I'm just <laughs> telling you, we see, we see it time and time again. I mean, look, I know I'm in Florida, but Tom Brady, he's seeing ghosts behind that offensive line right now. Yo, A lot my, of picks going up. My WHBO listeners in Tampa – their people are losing it. You got to read my messages right now that the the Bucks are doing what the Bucks are doing right now. I can't even but read no, them. I used to read messages Jimmy, on the air. I can't anymore. Go ahead. Jimmy, real quick, no, shout to Tom Brady. He is the GOAT, but they're having a tough time of it right now. Sorry, Tampa. But at least you got that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Thank you. No, no, you his, his work is done. He's got, he got the Buccaneers a title. He can hang out, break up with Giselle. None of it matters now. The point is, yes, he, he paid his debt to Tampa society. Really quick, last Florida football question. The Knolls coming off three straight losses to ranked teams. They have Georgia Tech this weekend. Would you bet the Knolls to get back on track? We're, we're going to be back on track, man. Our nose, I mean, one of those games we should have lost. Our quarterback, yeah. you know, he made a dumb decision. I don't know what he was doing, throwing into coverage like that. The quarterback had outside leverage. I don't know why he closed his eyes and threw the football. We were in field goal range. We were poised to win. But other than that, I think we're going to bounce back this week against Georgia Tech. They have a good team, but we just have a better team. We have more talent, and I hope my quarterback figured out some of that stuff. We're going to be just fine. All right. Well, listen, man, inflation's at a 40-year high, so these bets matter to my listeners. Okay? All in on Florida State. Keep playing good ball down there. Okay, buddy? 
No doubt about it. See you, Jimmy. You're the best, BD. Take care. There he goes, the great Byron Donalds. Telling you the truth, man. They're seeing ghosts. They're throwing a lot of interceptions. They're turning the ball over like crazy. And, yes, the woman who was okay with putting Fetterman on stage, okay, his wife is no better than Jill Biden, okay? You have an obligation to your spouse to protect them. When they get into a compromised state, But if it's your own lust for power and relevance that supersedes your obligation to protect your spouse, I do consider you a failure as a spouse, man. Like, that guy's in bad shape. And just like Byron said, he's a human being. You want him to get better. You don't want him to get well because he's a Democrat. I should hate him. Screw that. I don't hate any of the Democrats. And these Democrats are hilarious. One of the biggest misnomer in all of politics is like, oh, the right wing side is so filled with hate. You know what we hate? We hate running out of beer. Okay, do we hate actual people on the other side? God, no, because you make us feel better about our own intelligence. We need you there. Thank God for you, Democrats, for everybody getting on TikTok right now and telling little kids to chop their junk off at the age of five. Okay, you guys are out there to make the rest of us feel better about ourselves. If you went away, I don't know what we'd do. Okay, Uh, Christy on the line in Gold Bar, Washington. She's been watching, paying attention. Christy. Hi there. Hey, girl. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm be- better now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. that's great. It's it's good. We need some Washington energy on this show, okay? Because yeah, well, half the state you know is really intelligent. Half the state is really high, and I'll take either exactly. at this point. Exactly. Well, and then I'm going to see you on Saturday too. Oh, so. is that true? You're coming out to the Spokane Comedy Club? Yes, sir. My husband and I are driving over Saturday. Oh, Christy, it's going to be a hot one. Like we're going to have a rowdy night. We're going to hang out after the show. A lot of shots, a lot of selfies. Tell your husband to get his game face on. Yes, I'm excited. So is he. It's going to be a blast. We're definitely excited about that. Well, by the end of most of my meet and greets, the crowd sounds like Joe Biden. So be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, you know what? With the Fetterman thing, that was terrible. I completely agree with you. That was ridiculous. And I feel bad for Joe Biden, too, sometimes. You know? Yeah. How lost he looks. It's Mm -hmm. terrible. It's not cool. Why do people let that happen? I know. It's like it's so weird. It's the president of the United States, and usually everything is so carefully scripted to make sure it presents well for the cameras. I'm amazed that they're letting him wander around on camera. You know, like when he he, like he finishes a speech, he makes a right. They're like, no, no, you got to go left. And he makes a left. But then he goes back. It's like a why. It's like he needs like a GPS or something. No. Right. right. And everybody's laughing. But sometimes I'm sitting back going, oh, my God, why did they let that happen to him? It's terrible. It's not right. Well, Christy, if you don't get too hammered Saturday night, maybe you can get a job as Joe Biden's coordinator. There you go. I love it. Play. All right. All right. Jimmy, looking forward to seeing you. Oh, girlfriend, it's going to be nuts. I'll see you there. Rock and roll. 888-788-9910. There are tickets. You can still you can get tickets to go see me at the Spokane Comedy Club this weekend. Friday, October the 28th, Saturday the 29th. The tickets are at spokanecomedyclub.com. Like if you're going to go to Vegas next week, you can't get in. It's sold out. But in Spokane, there are still tickets. You know where else you can get tickets? Uh, December 9th and 10th, I will be at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So if you're listening on 96.9 The Eagle, if you're listening on KRMG in Tulsa, hey, girl, you can come down to OKC and see me in Bricktown Friday and Saturday. It's going to be rowdy. Uh, that's December. We're going to be in bad shape. We're going to be in holiday drinking shape at that point. Goodness gracious. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. I disagree. It's treated me fine. 
the show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to NYPD legend Paul Mora in the next hour about last night's debate here in New York. Kathy Hochul, the woman who is, of course, taking over for Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Got in a little bit of a hot mess last night when she told her opponent that he's too focused on crime. What an idiot. <laughs> it's like amazing. Who's this idiot over here who wants to lock up the, the, the criminals? I don't understand it. I mean, it's complete incompetence from top to bottom. I tell you this all the time. In this country, we are not suffering a crisis of capability. We're America. We're the most prosperous country on the planet. We can do anything we want. The problem is not ability in terms of you and me and the American people. The problem is we have idiots. We have absolute idiots that happen to be running the government right now. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing bottom line that's it we don't have a crime problem we have a stupid problem we don't have an inflation problem we have a stupid problem border problem stupid problem it's all stupid okay nobody knows this country better than our next caller who is out on the road right now he's in little rock arkansas i believe uh jerome is on the line yo man jimmy what's going on in little rock is that where you're at today well, I, I talked to you going west the other day. Now I'm going east. I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm amazed that you can get cell phone reception in the champagne room. Well, I tell you what, it's it's kind of spotty down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell Cinnabons to speed up a routine so I don't lose the phone call. Uh, <laughs> what were you telling Mikey about strokes? Well, apparently these people don't know people that's had a stroke. I know th- I've known three in my life. Mm-hmm. And my first one was my grandmother, and she had a massive stroke, and she died. Mm-hmm. I had two right. buddies that had one. Mm-hmm. One, he recovered about 90%. Okay. The other one, he he didn't recover, and he died. Sheesh. And the thing about strokes is after you have one, you, start ha- you have many strokes, what they call them. Oh, man. So... They so, need to think about that before, you know, putting yeah. him in there because more than likely, you know, God forbid, I don't want yeah. nothing bad to happen to him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah. a good chance he's going to die from it. It's not good. Uh, and, it's Either way you slice it, it's not good. Like, they should have let us uh, on to what was going on because they were trying, just so we're clear, they were trying to conduct this election without anyone ever getting their eyes on this guy. You know, yeah, exactly. he did an event with Biden where he didn't speak. How banged up do you have to be that you're not comfortable speaking after Joe Biden? <laughs> I <Pretty> mean, bad. <laughs> that was the tell. Like last week, that should have been the end of the campaign. But this is why we can't have nice things, Jerome. Listen, you get it. Yeah. Man. I, no, I, I, I hey, appreciate it. I, I want to tell you one more thing before mm-hmm. we get off here. I've talked to all my trucker buddies out here, and we want to make you an honorary trucker. What? Because you're the only one that talks about us guys out here on the road. Oh, is that true? Well, hold on. Yeah, so you're an honorary trucker from now on. Hold on, everybody. I am a big – that's a big deal, Jerome. We're going to have this discussion (laughs) another time. Uh, But I'm even down to fill in and drive a few miles if you need me to. You know, I could could whip around with Crown Vic in my day. <laughs> now, if you ain't got your CDL, we could get in trouble. But all right, you know, well, that don't give you a CDL. Listen, I know where to get one of those on the black market. You let me work that out on my own. 
I'll, I'll get back yeah, to you. Work that out. Work that out. We'll go for a ride. All right. We'll talk. Let me go hit the deep web. I'll see you later, Jerome. Good work, brother. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Of course. There he goes. The great Jerome in Little Rock, Arkansas today. I am now an honorary trucker, which, to be honest with you, that's like my dream gig. I tell Jenny that all the time. When they eventually throw me out of here, I'm just going to go hit the road, hang out with my truckers and, of course, some of my lot lizards that are hanging out in those parking lots. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Can't wait. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world. We are lacing them up for a track meet in this here hour of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. I am bringing in Paul Morrow, who is an NYPD legend tasked with scoring the fight last night between... Lee Zeldin and, of course, Kathy Hochul, who had to replace Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Because Andy was, as you know, a little frisky around the office. You ever seen a grown man naked? We will discuss that as well as the fallout from the Pennsylvania debate. And we will get into, of course, your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Nobody cares. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. Activism takes a lot of energy. I got to get mad at you. We got to fight on Twitter. I got to go to, like, rallies. I'm not going to anything, dude. Come on. Are you crazy? I've been kicked out of a Zoom cocktail party. Do you know what kind of mess you have to be? This is absolutely gross. Just a disaster. Okay, so the point is I don't get on the radio and and do the perfect human being radio hour. I am the most flawed mess to ever work in media, but I care because I'm new. The show is so rapidly expanding. We're touring all over the country. I'm on TV all the time. You'll see me on Gutfeld tomorrow night, highest rated late night show in the country. It's kind of a big deal, but I care. So when I get on the show every day, I want you to have a forum where we can agree, we can disagree. No one's going to get canceled. We're not going to chase you out of a restaurant. You can be a Republican on the show. We don't care. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. Okay. Kathy Hochul. I got to be honest. Little bit of a last night. Not a good look for the lieutenant governor of the state of New York. She's squaring off against Lee Zeldin and just gave him such a good soundbite because the whole problem in New York right now is what? Crime. Yes, inflation is out of control, but if you live here in New York, you're objectively terrified at what's been going on on the streets of New York. You know, we're watching videos every day of people getting thrown in front of subway trains. Okay, women being attacked. We've got all these anti-Asian hate crimes, which are being caused by mentally ill homeless people, by the way. But the point is, we have had a dereliction of duty at the tippy top of our state government. We had guys like Andrew Cuomo in the beginning that were in line with a lot of the anti-cop rhetoric that was happening in the summer of 2020. We, of course, had Bill de Blasio, the biggest idiot ever elected to official office, uh, who did what? Cut a billion dollars off of our police budget. That's stupid. Use your common sense. He created the perception and fed the perception that the cops were a bigger threat to the community than the criminals they were sworn to protect us against, that they were all racially biased. And for that reason, the cops need to back off a little bit. We need to trim down budgets. You know, maybe, I don't know, we get rid of them altogether, as some Democrats said. Look, if you hate cops just because of the cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. Okay, the point is, 
again and again and again. All of this empathy for the criminal has made life exponentially harder for the cop, which means that in the end, okay, the people, the people of the city, the people of the state are also infinitely less safe. Here is Kathy Hochul last night, okay, giving Lee Zeldin the soundbite of the century, saying, I don't know why that's so important. Listen to this exchange, okay, where she flat out says, you know, all these woke laws, the bail reforms, you know, I don't know why it's so important to you. You want to know why it's so important to not only Lee Zeldin but everybody else, Kathy Hochul? Okay, because when it comes to these woke bail reforms, everything woke turns to How many people? Do we need to see out on bail previously accused of murder before we go? Oh, yeah, I don't know. This sounds old fashioned, but maybe we just lock up the bad guys. I don't know. Here's the clip 14. They're not being represented from this this governor who still to this moment. We're at what are we halfway through the debate. She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. OK, anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change they made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. All I know is that we could do more. (laughs) That clip uh, will be isolated and played every day between now and Election Day. I don't know why that's so important to you. Oh, Jay, could it be because someone's tried to stab him at one of his rallies? Could it be that two people were shot on the guy's actual home residence lawn. Okay, this Lee Zeldin is not only recognizing the crime issue in and around New York, but it's something that has literally hit home for the man. Okay, crime is so important to him. Are you ready for it? Because it's so important to everybody. But when you're one of these Democrats that was a part of the anti-cop narrative, when you're one of these Democrats that runs around with a 24-hour security detail, you don't mind saying things like defund the police because it's not going to affect you. Here's Zeldin going after on crime a little bit more, clip 15. Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Go talk to the Asian American community and how it's impact them with the loss of lives. Jewish people targeted with raw, violent anti-Semitism on our streets. It just happened yet again. We need to be talking about all of these other crimes, but instead, Kathy Hochul's too busy patting herself on the back. Job well done. No, actually, right now, there should be a special session. The state legislature legislature should come back and they should overhaul cashless bail and these other pro-criminal laws with zero tolerance. But they're saying, elect me. She says, elect me. And then you'll find out where maybe I'll stand on this issue in January. I mean, seriously, this woman is the governor now. This is the woman who's been the governor for over a year. You understand our crime rate has been surging. Violent crime in the city the past two years. So Kathy Hochul, Saying, ah, we'll wait till January, you reelect me, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do something. You gotta do better than that. Okay, because this isn't a new issue. Be one thing if crime became an issue in New York like three weeks ago. I'm like, whoa, crime, I can't believe it. But here's a newsflash, crime has been out of control in this city for the better part of the last two years. It's been really bad. Okay, here is Kathy Hochul, though, and this is the disqualifying moment. It's not her being out of touch with the plight of everyday working class people. It's her flat out saying that on the same day, on the same day, the state Supreme Court of New York said the vaccine does not stop anyone from getting COVID or spreading COVID. Ergo, you have to reinstate all fired state workers with back pay. 
on the same day, the New York State Supreme Court said, hey, if you fired a cop, you got to give him his job back with back pay. Fired a fireman, give him his job back with back pay. Fired a nurse, give a job back with back pay. On the same day the court issued that ruling, Kathy Hochul flat out said she would do it all over again when it comes to laying off the unvaccinated. Clip 19. You've been an election denier, a climate change denier. You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis. And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms. And I would do it all over again when I did last year, that mandate for health care workers. I mean, did you hear that? I mean, dude, come on, man. Think about that for a second. I would do it all over again? You blockhead! Dude, crime, crime, murder. Is it a 35-year high? You'd get rid of the cops if you could do it all over again? Let me ask you a question. What do you have a better chance of surviving? COVID or a murder attempt or a carjacking or a subway pushing or a push-in robbery? Dude, our murder rate is at a 35-year high. COVID, 99.9% of the people who get COVID will beat COVID, whether they're vaccinated or they're not vaccinated. They're going to beat COVID. Okay, we know specifically who this virus targets. And yes, we should be taking precautions to protect these people. I'm not telling you it's fake. I'm not telling you it's not a thing. What I am telling you is anybody who thinks COVID's a bigger threat than the armed criminals, the violent criminals being let back out of jail, anyone who believes that is weapons-grade stupid. He knows what he's talking about. Linda's in Orange County, New York, and she has some comments on the state of intelligence in this country. Yo, Linda! Hey, girl. Well, um, good good day to you. Awesome. My name is Linda, and I'm 76 years old. What? You sound like 13. Um, You're very spry today. I'm, Are you day drinking, uh, Miss 76 years old? <laughs> no, not unless uh, it's caffeine. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll see um, where the show goes. Can't afford... Can't afford booze anymore. No! Um, Linda, hold on. Mikey has some recipes. You can make it with home items. So when we get done with our call, I'll let Mikey clue you in. But keep going. Well, I was calling about the earlier conversation about the quality of candidates. Yes. I think it's indicative of our education system in the United States. Uh, Remember, they started lowering the test scores and qualifications in the 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh, American voters are also becoming dumber than dirt <laughs> because of this. Listen, they've become sheep in all matters. Yeah, a lot of people don't think for themselves. You know what? A lot. You know what happened with college? This college used to teach people how to think. Now it teaches them what to think. Uh, I, I can definitely say that I've seen that because I have a number of millennial nieces and nephews, and um, uh, thank God they're all conservatives. And they would tell me that about college, uh, how the teachers were trying to brainwash them, and and um, yeah, imagine that the, though the Republicans and conservatives. You owe a very qu- sad situation. I know you owe a quarter of a million dollars to pretend there's no biological difference between a man and a woman, and you have to hate America. Like they have a good racket, you know, the colleges. They have a good racket in the sense that they have a monopoly on this sort of thing. They make a gazillion dollars. The government gives them endowments, and now they're asking us to bail out loans. But, like, the proof of what's coming out of these colleges in terms of the way these kids think is the really the biggest indictment of the deterioration of our educational system. And believe me, I'm saying that as a guy who was enrolled in college and didn't even show up to class, Linda. But I feel like I learned more hanging out in the parking lot at Nassau Community than you would at Yale. Oh, I'm I'm sure of that. I mean, um, as an 
just an average citizen, go to um, go to the supermarket where they've hired high school kids today, um, and they you hand them cash money they can't count. Oh, no, that's a funny story. Um, they yeah. look at you. Yeah. They look at you like you have seven heads. Um, I did this myself a couple of times. Um, Even in Burger King, um, they look at you, you hand them money, Uh and I've actually stood there, especially if they're um, they're not American-born. They're looking at it, and the manager coming over and saying, that's a quarter, that's a nickel. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. in this world yeah this sounds yes in the supermarket i stood there one day this is the god's honest truth i stood there one day and handed the cashier uh-huh. a young high school student um twenty dollars and seven cents mm-hmm. the charges were um eighteen dollars and seven cents okay and forget it she's still she standing stood there. there looking at the money I just kept looking at it and telling me it was $18.07. Oh, man. And I, I, I thought to myself, if I answer her, I'm going to be I'm going to be ripping her a new one. And so the Behave. woman uh, who, was in, who was next in line looked at her and said, she doesn't want silver in change. <laughs> Linda, I love that. I, you I, give I, her $2. I love that you're staging cashier interventions, but it's necessary. The American people thank you. You just need to travel a little bit more because this is an issue that's nationwide. So I, I, I appreciate your time on the matter. Uh, are you going to start paying credit card in the future just to avoid this? No, no, I refuse. I refuse. I, I keep trying to find a way mm-hmm. where, um, you know, there's a way where I could scream at people. But you Oh, know, Linda, I, hold I, it together. You thinking, that, you know? That's not the MO of this show. You stop it. If you need to call me up offline and scream at me, I'm into that. I pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> no, not at you. Okay. Not at the, at no, no, but I'd be a stand-in. People. We just can't do it on the air, girlfriend. Uh, good talk. No, I scream at Fox on the, on the television screen. Uh, I scream at the stupid people when they <laughs> show Biden, and I say, Oh, Well, let me don't let me get in the way of your rage room. Go have a wonderful afternoon, dear. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, to me. you're the best, Linda. There she goes. Linda, exact change up in Orange, New York, is not having it. But as dumb, think about this, as dumb as the cashiers are that she's describing, because I have the same thing happen to me all the time. People can't make change because they're not used to adding. Part of that is also the cell phone. The smartphone has made us dumber because it does all the thinking for you. But as dumb as people are when it comes to making change, there is physically nothing dumber. The three dumbest words ever uttered in polite society were defund the police. Those are the dumbest things you've ever heard. The only thing that can rival it was the idea that we should be laying off cops for not being vaccinated. One, because even the own state Supreme Court has told us the vax won't stop you from getting and spreading COVID. But two, cops are protecting us from much bigger threats than anything going on with COVID. That is correct. It's the reality show that's got no shot in the ratings. Introducing unvaccinated cops. Get out of your police car with your hands up and take off your badge. But Sarge, I was on my way to an armed robbery. Ride along as understaffed police forces fight crime and mandates. 911, what's your emergency? Hello, yeah, there's a guy dressed as a ninja swinging a sword outside the mall. I'm sorry, sir, we have to fire about 30% of the force. Do you know karate or anything? What? No. Unvaccinated cops, not coming soon to a crime scene near you. Bad boys, bad boys, what? 
The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be rapping with NYPD legend Paul Morrow in the next break. But right now, his opening act. It's in his contract. He will not go on the air unless we talk to Drew from Cleveland, Ohio. Yo, Drew. Yo, Jimmy. Hey. My man. Uh, do, hey. You, do you know really quick before you get going that when I met Jenny Fallon, she was a Parma Heights, Ohio girl? driving through this neck of the world. I'm from Alaska, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. So, yeah, you're not claiming Cleveland, and I don't blame you. I get it. Jenny doesn't like me admitting that on the air either. But what did you tell me? You drove from Alaska all the way to New York? Yes, for Iron Maiden concert. But one what? thing I really realized, well, yes, I'm that guy. <laughs> I realized that I saw hundreds, if not a couple thousand Zeldin signs, upstate New York, all the way out to the Hamptons, uh, Orient, and I saw one Hulkle sign the entire trip. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell the energy has changed between the campaigns. Like, when you go to a Zeldin rally, they're giving out, like, hats and Frisbees. You go to a Hokel rally, they're giving out directions. They're like, you must be lost. <laughs> Ace Hardware's down the road. And one other thing, you talked about the vaccinations. I'm a tour guide in Alaska, and we're a cruise ship town. So all those people had to be vaccinated to come on the cruise ships. And then the cruise lines dropped the, uh, um, the mandate. vaccination status. But the country of Canada still kept it. However, I got the pleasure to tell my people on October 1st that Canada dropped all of the vaccination requirements. The bus erupted. People, Jimmy, people are done with this. Oh, are they ever? And think about it. They were going to squash those truckers who didn't want to get vaccinated for no reason, yeah. man. You n- yeah, things are things are turning, no doubt about it. Yeah, you're never going to ask your neighbor to put on a jacket so you don't get frostbite. But that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what we did. I don't get it. Uh, Drew, get out of Cleveland, man, if you know what's good for you. Uh, feel free to check in when you're further west, okay, brother man? Head to California. Great show. Thanks, buddy. Oh, you're the best. There he goes, Drew. We didn't even get to talk Iron Maiden. I feel like an opportunity was lost there. I mean, a guy drives from Alaska to New York to hear an Iron Maiden concert. You wouldn't expect him to be as coherent as Drew was. You know what I'm saying? You drive from Alaska to New York to hear Iron Maiden. I just assume your level of impairment is like a nine on a scale of one to John Fetterman. But no, Drew represented well. So give him that. Take a bow. Paul Morrow coming in out of the bullpen when we come back on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. As the man said, they're playing Enter the Dragon. It's real theme music. That's Bruce Lee stuff. But this next guest considered the Bruce Lee of the NYPD. He is a retired NYPD inspector, a superstar writer, multi-matinee idol. Uh, Paul Morrow, back on the show. What's going on? How are you, Jimmy? I meant to call you a multimedia matinee idol, and I just called you a multi-matinee idol, as if you're starring in two films in the afternoon at once. Well... You know, that's kind of my life, Jimmy. What can I say? My you, curse. You just have that effect. You have that effect, the, the Moro effect. Um, I do. I do. <laughs> how's everything else? Everybody, everybody good? 
Ah, it's all bad, Jimmy. It's all bad. You see what's going on. All yeah, that, well, you that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, if you're watching that debate last night as a retired yeah. NYPD inspector and you hear Kathy Hochul say, I don't understand why this is so important to you. Did she just give Zeldin the best campaign commercial in the history of campaigning? You got to imagine that they were blocking that commercial out and buying the airtime before the debate was over. Because <laughs> what a gift. You know, so so reminiscent of Hillary saying, what what does it matter now? Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, these sort of gotcha moments are sometimes not entirely fair. But in this case, I think it's quite revealing. I think, taken in the context of her entire performance, it's very clear, if nothing else, forget all the fine points, if nothing else, it's very clear that Hockle doesn't want to change anything. Yes. Uh, that alone is very, very uh, apparent, and that quote really, you know, puts a um, you know an exclamation point on that. She's for the status quo. She doesn't actually see the problem. She gives it a certain lip service, but she very smugly says, "No, you know, this is what we are. This is who we are. New York is going to vote for a Democrat. This is what we're going to have." And, um, you know, essentially stop making waves. And obviously, I think a lot of the elector is not there. And um, uh, but that's very clearly where she is. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to watch the indifference. You know, there's just a weird sense of entitlement. You know, when you live in a one party town, they just assume there's nothing they can do to blow this. But her and Adams are coming pretty close. Like the fact that they got out of bed this week and decided to start advocating for more cops on the subways and stuff. That's obviously internal polling, talking to them, because, I mean, I think you'd be the first guy to admit none of these crime problems in New York are new. This isn't like it just Last week, we're like, oh, wow, things are a little dicey. This is uh, several years in the making, is it not? Yeah, it is. And obviously the progenitor of all of it is uh, de Blasio. You know, Mm -hmm. he's the grandfather of the great decline. And um, some of the things that he's baked into the cake here, um, you know, which are too numerous to go into. But we're still essentially fighting his legacy and the legacy of the of the legislature. So you're entirely right. And look, I applaud the idea that they're going to flood. The uh, subways with with these uh, extra police officers, but just understand something at a period when we are cutting the city budget, Adams rightly so, by the way, he should be lauded for facing facts is cutting the city budgets across the uh, board next year, including Mm -hmm. NYPD by three percent. They're throwing all of these cops, twelve hundred more cops on overtime Mm -hmm. into the subways. That's including the bosses. And everybody else. And that's if you don't make an arrest. If you make an arrest, you're going to be there another eight hours, all of which is pensionable. This is tremendously expensive, and it really smacks of desperation. And frankly, it smacks of a call from Albany, which these days controls New York more than it ever did, thanks to some of the things that were put in during Cuomo's reign. Mm -hmm. This smacks of a call from Albany saying, help me out, I'm on the ropes. And Zeldin is catching up to me. Yeah, and I I do see that. Paul Morrill's on the line if you're just joining us. Legend at the NYPD. He wanted me to say it that way. That's how you wrote it down, right? That is how I write. In fact, that's the T-shirt I'm wearing right now. (laughs) So, legend at the NYPD. Um, Yeah, exactly. Well, Mayor Nightclub, Mayor Adams, last week flat out said, you know, the crime situation wasn't as bad as we're making it out to be in the media. I I would imagine you do feel safe in the champagne room when you're popping bottles. But even he has got to be, you know, beyond this phone call from Albany. He must have his own, like, national aspirations. Like, maybe he wants to run for higher office so he doesn't really want to draw attention to what the political liabilities are. Because how could you be mayor of New York, even a candidate for mayor of New York, and not know that this was a story and an issue we'd all been dealing with? 
Yeah, I mean, and he does know, you know, he does have national aspirations. I mean, that's a very poorly kept uh, secret. And I think that statement is one he'd really like to have back. And, um, you know, I think not long after that is when they announced the 1,200 cops going into the subway. So he must have seen the reaction. But, you know, look, not to absolve him, but maybe to absolve him a little bit, as you and I have discussed, Jimmy, the problems in New York City reside in Albany. This time, this is why this time around, this feels so deleterious, because previously it was kind of an attitudinal problem. You know, the laws were the laws. We just weren't enforcing them the way they could be. We went to broken windows. It worked. Now, the decline has been concretized. It's, it's legislatively in place. Mm-hmm. And the bail reform, discovery reform, raise the age, uh, the, the lack of any sanction on uh, blowing through parole. You know, you, you go on parole these days, you don't have to show up, essentially. There's That's like nuts. no sanction for it. All right. Mm-hmm. They, uh, so uh, they put all of this stuff in place after the 2020 riots here in the city. It was part of this great package. And, and previously, there was other stuff in previously. All of this was the sort of wish list of the defense bar. They got it in without any uh, input uh, from any of law enforcement when once they got a hold of the governor's mansion and the two sides of the legislature, which was precedes 2020. And now you're seeing the results of it. All that stuff resides in Albany. There's really not a whole heck of a lot Adams can do about it. Yeah. What you do wish he would do is try to put a little more sunlight on them and pressure them because at some point here – He's going to have to choose a side. You know, he kind of wants to be for the police. He wants to be public safety. Nothing would make him happier than to go down as the mayor who solved New York City's burgeoning crime problem. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to be able to do that until he gets Hockle to recognize there's a problem or we get Zeldin and he's forced to work with Zeldin. Zeldin would be the best thing to happen to Adams. Yeah, that's a great that is a great point because he would force these reforms on him. And, you know, Adams would, like you said, he'd still get credit. He'd get credit for the progress. So you're right to say he'd be the best thing to happen, especially after I watched Hoka last night, who said that if she had it to do all over again, she would fire the unvaccinated workers a second time. And that's on the same day the state Supreme Court said, you know, you've got to reinstate everybody with back pay because the vaccine isn't stopping them from getting COVID. Do they not understand that, again, we're not here on the air downplaying the risks of COVID, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if you're getting mugged, you don't have a preference on whether or not the cop responding is vaccinated. Do you? I mean, would you? Yeah, I, I, I doubt they're, you know, they're screaming for help. They're, you know, upset about the fact that the mugger is not wearing a mask, right? So, <laughs> 911, what's your you know, emergency? Really- There's a cop here without a mask on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, so obviously that's not the case. Look, you know, she seems to be just sort of legislatively indifferent. She signed the gun laws that, you know, got struck down, uh, you know, recently She, without hesitation. she's She really doesn't seem to get it. And, you know, yet they keep doing these things. You know, obviously these are all election talking points. This is where she wants to go. This is what she wants to do. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's just not working. And at some point you really wish that, they would take an adult approach and say, OK, look, it's slipping away. It's legislatively in place to slip away. Mm-hmm. People are feeling it slip away. People are slipping away by moving out of the state and going to Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we better turn this thing around. But, you know, a big part, you know, remember the old line from Jaws, you yeah. know, you have to be adult enough to admit when you're wrong. And very clearly they're wrong. <laughs> they are. I, we we all... My prediction, Jimmy, yeah. you, one last my prediction is behind that curtain. When he goes in to vote, Adams is pulling that lever for Zeldin. Whoa, there's a hot take out of Paul Morrow. I mean, that's my hot Bruce Lee take, we call it. (laughs) 
<laughs> the dragon has entered, and now the dragon's about to exit on quite a tail. I mean, that's a hot one as they go. Uh, we have to do this again next week because we're closing in on the midterms. I've been really have been trying to highlight this issue because it's not a political issue, man. I mean, that's the thing everybody's missing the boat on is when you get stuck up at a bodega, nobody asks who you voted for in the last election. They just take your damn wallet. So I feel like the Democrats have just done themselves a political disservice by trying to frame this as, oh, those Republicans yelling and screaming about crime. But, I, you know, I, I don't believe this is a unique issue to Republicans. I believe every voter has to care. Remember Ed Koch. Ed Koch was a Democrat. The city, uh, for the majority of his term, loved him, and the cops loved him. That was a Democrat who got it. Yep. That's what you need. We need some Ed Koch in the White House. That's, that's the headline. That might be the, that's the pull. You know they say, Paul, the pull quote from an interview? Like, what's, what's going to be the I, headline? You know how they say that. Yeah, you journalism types. Yeah, yeah journalism. Yeah, language. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Uh, listen, man, we'll do it again in a week if you're around, okay? You're the best, Jimmy. I appreciate it. All right, there you go. The Bruce Lee of the NYPD, Paul Morrow. Read all of his magical writing and don't go anywhere because what we're going to be doing at the end of the day today before we get there, okay, little you and me time. I'm going to cycle back through the cut sheet. When we do this show every day, you know, we get a cut sheet. It's like, hey, this guy said that. This person said that, okay? I was really sitting in my office today, before the show, trying to wrap my head around what the dumbest thing to happen in the media was today. And I think I think I zeroed it in. We're going to talk amongst us during the break. And assuming we don't get mugged and they don't steal our cut sheet, because I don't know if you heard, New York's a little out of control these days. But if I can keep the staff safe, we will be back after we're done fighting hobbits and time travelers to reveal what I believe to be the dumbest moment in the history of media. forgot my birthday you're with jimmy Fallon on fox across america what qualifies you to be a u.s senator you have 60 seconds hi good night everybody what we've got here is failure to communicate <laughs> poor john fetterman i'm not making fun of him 
Okay, I don't want to be that guy. Oh, Fetterman's a mess. The guy's got a stroke. You know what happens? I wind up having a stroke the next day. That's how that stuff works. I'm not upset with him. But whoever thought it was okay to trot him out in front of the national media and do a debate, whoever that person is, whatever the guy was on the campaign, who was like, yeah, Fetterman's good to go. He should be behind bars. Lock that person up. They're the only ones. Not welcome to come to Spokane this weekend. If you want to hang out with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, I will be in Spokane, Washington, Friday and Saturday at the Spokane Comedy Club. It is not sold out. You can get tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. Next week in Vegas, you're screwed. Myself, Charles McBee is opening. We'll be at the Red Rock Resort uh, Saturday night, November the 5th. Then we're heading down to East Texas. Me, Jenny, and the whole Barnyard Jamboree will be in Longview uh, th- Friday night. Friday night, November the 11th. Then we're going down to the Patriot Awards. Then you can see me at the Bricktown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. That is Friday night, December the 9th. Saturday night, December the 10th. And we just added the following weekend, my birthday weekend, Friday, December 16th. Saturday, December 17th. We are heading to Fort Wayne, Indiana the Summit City Comedy Club, and you'll hear me on the radio out there promoting it. It's going to be a wild one, so we've got a lot going on. Okay, if you're listening to the show, if you're watching Failavision, you'll see me on Gutfeld tomorrow night with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Don't miss it. But right now, my campaign promise to you before we went to break was what? I said, hey, I said we had a lot of dumb things happen in the media today. There was one I just couldn't possibly wrap my tiny head around, and it was this effort. It was this effort by The View. Of all people, okay, they weighed in on the Fetterman appearance last night and decided that we're the bad guys for being bothered by this. The view is awful. And they said, what? Dr. Oz is a bully. Fetterman was brave. This is a lot, but if I've got to listen to it, you do too. It's clip 11. It was really strange to me that he chose to bully a stroke Victim, yeah, right. Yeah. Like Didn't. he obviously was bullying him, and um, you know, I don't think the people of Pennsylvania or the people in general um, liked that because Fetterman raised one million dollars after that debate, oh, and girl. I think it takes real courage to show that you've been knocked down. I think it takes real bravery to allow people to see your weakness, right? And. Um, we know that Fetterman's cognitive abilities have not been compromised. It's about expression right. that, that has been compromised. Aphasia. Aphasia, exactly. And, you know, this is a smart guy. He got a degree in public policy from Harvard, his master's degree. So this is not a stupid guy. I mean, come on, Sonny. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I mean... We know the man's cognitive abilities have not, have not been compromised. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, that poor guy. And I'm only highlighting this because this is what I opened my show on today. We're in a bad spot as a country when people like Sonny Hostin are willing to get on TV and tell you Fetterman's fine because they're more concerned with their party winning the seat than they are with their country having qualified people representing it in Washington. That's how we got into this mess. We ordered a president through the mail. Guy has no idea. Not only does he not know what he's doing, but he's surrounded by people who don't know what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. But the point is we got there because we put party over country. All of this partisan political pugilism. I'm going to go on Twitter and get in a fight. Twitter is so dumb. You are road raging with someone who's not even driving on the same highway as you. But that's what we've done now. People have gotten so addicted to digital dopamine 
I'm going to call the other side a Nazi. This will get likes. Woo! Feels so good. Oh, I shoot him right up in my arm. It's great, honey. You got to see it. Comes right out of my smartphone. But this has been such a disastrous trajectory for our country to be on for the better part of like five years now. But today, like as we sat here and did this show today, I really feel like we might have gotten to that breakthrough moment where people realize what we've been saying on this show since the day it launched is you really have to stop looking at people who disagree with you as your enemies, number one. And we need to stop categorizing disagreement as hatred, number two. Because that's what they're doing right now. They're like, well, if you're mad at Fetterman's performance, you know, you're bullying a man. Nobody was bullying anybody. Okay, Dr. Oz wasn't on stage saying, ha ha, you had a stroke. Ha ha, look at you. None of that ever came up. Okay, the only person who bullied Fetterman was whoever decided that he belonged on a debate stage yesterday. I admire your honesty. That person is a monster. Fetterman got caught flip-flopping. Here was his answer on fracking, clip seven. I absolutely support fracking. You have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. Oh. Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking. And I stand and I do support fracking. Get him out of here. Get him out. The poor guy. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.